coming up on Squats and Margaritas. People are like, oh, I'm I'm on this diet. I'm not going to have any carbs for the next 30 days or however long. That's just not sustainable. You can't go to a get together and, you know, just not eat or drink because nothing's on your diet. You have to do something that's going to be realistic and set yourself up for success. Yes. So I think everything in moderation is good. I try earlier on in the week, you know, like Mondays, I'm like on the wagon and I'm trying to be good eating healthy, probably don't go out Monday and Tuesday. And then I kind of start falling off the wagon (laughs) as the weekend approaches and I sneak in a pizza, I sneak in a glass of wine and then weekends off limits because Anthony and I like to eat. Yeah. So, you know, balance. Hey, senorita, really nice to meet ya. Have some tequila and stay. Week on Squats and Margaritas, it's Dr. Nicole Martin. You know her from Real Housewives of Miami. She's a board certified anesthesiologist, a mom to a three year old. She's an award winning teacher and lecturer. Who better than to talk through finding the balance of being a working mom? She was new this year on Real Housewives of Miami. I cannot wait to sit down with her. Please do me a favor and subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. Um, that way you'll get an alert every time I release a new episode and it would also really help me. Also, if you're enjoying Squats and Margaritas podcast, please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts. That's how more people find it. Here is my episode with Dr. Nicole Martin. First of all, congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. You were so, um, I guess, calm about the whole wedding thing. Like you weren't, I think you called it um, an antiquated concept. You were just like, we're already a family. You know, if it happens, it happens. Did you just like trust that like whatever will be, will be? Yeah. I mean, for me, what I, what was most important to me was having a family. Like that was like absolute, I knew I wanted kids. And then when that happened, I was kind of like, well, you know, if the marriage comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't define us. Like we're still happy no matter what. And so I was like, well, whatever. It wasn't really like a big deal. And I think because I was married before and he was married before, none of us had that kind of urge to rush to the altar. We were like, well, been there, done that. Didn't work out so well the first time, you know? I didn't know you were married before. I was. I was married at a very young age. Um, I met my ex-husband when I was 18. Oh my God. And we were together for 12 years from when I was 18 till I was 30. And he was older than me. So I think we just grew apart. We wanted different things in life. Um, But since I had already been married to me, it wasn't like this, oh, I need to wear this white dress and walk down the aisle. Yeah. Been there, done that. Exactly. And it's like with the divorce rate right now, it's like anybody that's like, no, you should be married. It's like, really? Have you like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're onto something perpetually engaged. I don't know. My husband now, but when we were dating, he's like, I'm here. Cause I want to be, I'm not here because I have to be. He's that's like, what Anthony says. Anthony, like, like, Isn't it nice to know that I choose you every day versus being legally obligated to be next to you. And I was like, I guess that's I mean, yeah. a nice way to, yeah, you're not here because you have to be exactly. How did you feel bringing him onto reality TV? Because you see, like, it's almost like a curse, like, especially on housewives. It's like, if there's anything, you're going to get a divorce if you bring your husband or your significant other on. How did you feel? Or did you guys talk about it before bringing your relationship on camera? I think the national divorce rate is like 50%. And then the housewife divorce rate is like 70. So it's, I think it's high up there. I remember reading this somewhere. Yeah. Um, You know, we have a really good relationship. We talk a lot and we both said that, you know, I think as long as we communicate and we keep things completely transparent, that we would be able to get through everything. And like, we're, 
I wasn't worried about some scandal or anything coming out, you know, like I, yeah. I felt very confident in myself and him and in our relationship that it would be, um, it would be okay. But granted, we're only one season in, yeah. you know? So right. we'll see. He was wonderful. First, I mean, he handled it all well. You like, you see some of the husbands that like, they almost come off as mean, but I mean, I watch every season, but you can tell like it, maybe they just aren't used to having a production of cameras around them and they're, you know, and it, so it comes off as they're like being short within. It's like, he's an asshole, but it's like, no, he's just like he, off camera. He's not like that at all. <laughs> Anthony was just cool. Like you could tell the guy he was like, yeah, you didn't have anything to worry about with him. I think he shines in front of the camera. He does a lot of advertising and uh, commercials for his business. So I feel like he's not new to being in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, and he actually like, he turns on the charm and the whip for some reason. It's overwhelming. You know, I remember, I always joke about this. I thought there was going to be one guy in my house with a camcorder, you know, just following me around. Yeah. The first day they showed up, they got there two hours earlier to set up and it's like lighting and camera and audio. And it's a team. It is overwhelming. There's multiple cameramen. And I understand why some people shut down. It's yeah. it's intrusive a little. A friend of mine, um, it, Monique Samuels, was on Real Housewives of Potomac. She's now on a show um, on the OWN network, but I went to a couple events with her. She never said that they were filming, but I was like, kind of feel like she's filming right now. And then you walk in and it's like, what I thought as a fan of the show was so crazy is that when you're watching a conversation, like just out of frame is the camera. So like, they were like right next to you. And it's like, just to have a normal conversation, but the camera is literally like six inches from your face. And watching that, I was like, how do you get used to that? Like, oh, just act normal. We're going to be, it's not like they're filming from far away. I just, I couldn't believe how close up, like watching it go down and seeing it behind the scenes was like the coolest thing ever. Oh, absolutely. Now when I watch TV shows, I'm like, it's a whole different perspective when you see how, how they're made. Totally. Uh, but you know what? You really do get used to them. It's as weird as that sounds. The first couple of times you're fully aware of where they are and it's very, you know, awkward. Yeah. But by the end of the season, you're just like, all right, well, I forgot totally that they were there. How long did you shoot? Like for the first season, like how long, like of a time frame was that? I would say between three and four months. Oh, okay. And then is there a season two? Is this now to now? We are all waiting to hear from network to see if it is happening or not. We are all hopeful and I'm excited about another season. And we have a wedding. <laughs> we, need, we, need to see. <laughs> we won't see my wedding yet. I am obsessed with just how low key your luxurious life is. Like you would never know. I mean, now I know Architectural Digest has shown your home. It's like the sickest house I've ever seen. How Thank you. Everything is. I'm just so used to, it's like housewives, they want you to see the label and you will see the label. It's like, if they have a bag, it's like Balenciaga, like, yep, do you see my new bag? And it's like in your face. And you were so understated. And like, I, I had no idea, like this luxurious life that you live because you're, you're not in your face about it. It makes me uncomfortable. Sometimes they'll ask me something and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how much it costs. And yeah. I'm, I, don't, I just, it's weird. I don't like to talk about those things. I certainly like to buy them and wear them, but and it's so, I mean, these other, like just the pretension and I, I'm not that I, I love the housewives. I love it, but it's like, I would have never known like how luxurious your life is and like that you've earned. And we're going to get to that board certified anesthesiologist. You teach as well. You're a mom of a three-year-old, which I feel like needs to be said, because I talk about this a lot on my show. Like 
other moms will be like, well, you didn't call me back or, um, I've texted you twice. Are you, are you okay? I'm like, am I okay? I'm giving bass. I'm making Mac and cheese. Like people forget <laughs> like what a young toddler mom yeah. life, is how like. consuming it is. Yes. And it's like, people take it like personally, like you didn't call me back. And I'm like, your kids can drive. Like <laughs> you don't, you have to remember. And then I'm like, did I not realize when their kids were young and I didn't have kids yet? Like how that is a lot. So just say it that is. you're a mom of a three-year-old. And you work like 12 hour shifts. It's, it's weird. I have a very strange schedule. So I work three days a week. Yeah. But one of those days is a 24 hour shift. 24. <laughs> yeah. 24 hours. Uh, so it's still considered full time. Cause I still managed to get the 40 hours in, Yeah, but in a very weird way. That's kind of an interesting way. Cause then, you know, you have your days off. It's like almost, I, I love it. People it. think it's crazy, but no. with a three-year-old, it's nice to have the days off. So I try yeah. to schedule like parent orientation or the kid activities on the days that I'm off. Yeah. And I'm really lucky. My boss and my coworkers are incredible. They're really supportive of the show and being a mom of a young kid. So I'm really lucky in that sense that I have the flexibility to have two days off during the week. And how do you balance like focus on the show and then you've got your job and then not feeling like you're not spending enough time with your kid. Like I have so much guilt about doing oh. this when they're young. Like how do you balance it? The mom life and the work life. I mean, it's incredibly hard and I don't, I don't think I do a great job at it. Um, I think I'm okay at it. Uh, I don't sleep very much. That is, I'm an insomniac. I haven't really slept much. I think since residency, your body's just trained to you know, your beeper goes off at two in the morning and you're up and you've got surgery. And so you, your body acclimates to having very little sleep. So I think I have that on my side that I probably get more hours in a day than most. Yeah. So I try to sneak my workout in 5am before he's even up. So I get that out of the way, but I still have mom guilt. You know, I, I feel bad if I'm filming late and I don't get to see him. Um, I mean, there's only so much you can do, you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying, I'm working on something. I really want to write a kid's book. That's really what I'm, what I want to do now. So I'm trying to find the time to dedicate to that plus work in between filming. And then it's, it's a lot. It is. <laughs> but I think you just saying it, like not everyone has it together. It looks like you've got it all balanced out. Like mom's just saying that, uh, another mom that I interviewed, she, Melissa and Doug, you probably have some of their toys. Yes. Um, yeah. It's like, fun. <laughs> she's <laughs> Melissa, like six kids. And I was like, how did you build the brand? <laughs> With six brand of like, kids' toys. Yeah. She just has a very different outlook. She'd be like, if my, because I said my son it was at the door and I see him and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'll stop immediately to show him like, you were the most important thing. She's like, no, no, no. She goes, you show him what mommy does is important. And I was like, I never thought about it. It's like always like yeah. you, you try to like act like mom is the most important thing. And um, she's like, don't you want your daughter? I have a six-year-old daughter to one day like have something that she's passionate about. And you're showing her that and you tell them it's not more important, but it's just as important. And like that reframe for me, she's like, you should, you don't, shouldn't be apologetic about wanting something for your life. And so ever since when I get, when they, the guilt starts to set in, I'm like, no, what I'm doing is important. I'm helping other women. And it's not a balance every day. It's not going to be like, I was perfectly balanced. It's like, right. At the end of the week, did you have a little bit of balance and like giving yourself grace if you don't get it? Cause I would just Absolutely. be so hard on myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, look, there's days where I worked late and I get home and I really don't get to spend much time with him. Yeah. The next day that I have off, I really try to carve out, you know, a chunk of time to do something with him. So I didn't win on Tuesday, but you know what? I'm winning on Thursday. Well, you make the best out of it. it. Um, you mentioned 5am workouts. 
you've made it a priority that you need to get it in. So at five o'clock you wake up and did I read you do hit workouts? Yeah, exactly. That's my favorite type of workout because I just feel like you get your bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. Um, so right now I'm doing this 54 D program online, Mm -hmm. which is great because I can do it in my living room and it doesn't, you know, it knocks out the time it takes to drive to the gym and to come back. So I, it's easy for me to get it in. Um, but then I'll throw in like something random, like a Pilates workout or a jets, you know, jet set or spinning or whatever. Uh, I think as long as you get moving, like don't people complicate it, you know, they're like, Oh my God, I can't make it to the gym. Can't make it to the gym, go outside, run, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I'd be like, I can't make it to an hour class. So I wouldn't work out. It's like, it doesn't have to be an hour. When the pandemic hit, I never went back to a gym, but you save so much time without the commute and you kind of like put your son in front of a TV for 30 minutes and get a workout in and you feel so much better. It's absolutely you. I can go back to him and be like, and before, if I don't get a workout in, I'm just like, yeah, no, it's like, yeah, you're, you're on edge. It's important. You know, I, I rarely feel guilty about the, that time because I know it makes me a better person, a better mom. So I'm squats and margaritas, your squats and Prosecco or mojitos. Um, I'm a champagne kind of girl. Okay. I try to promote a lifestyle of moderation. Cause it's like, I know moms that is like 5.00 AM, seven days a week, they do their workout and they don't drink and they just seem miserable. And then I know the other side of the spectrum where it's like, you can tell there's like way too much drinking. They're not putting themselves uh, first as far as like their health and working out. I live in the middle. I finally found like my best physical body enjoying my life after like, I struggled with bulimia, anorexia, all the things for 20 years. And I was miserable and frustrated because I wasn't at my like ideal weight. And it's like, I found my ideal weight just kind of calming down and enjoying life, not making things off limits because then I want to more. So if I say like, I'm not drinking, yeah, I'm not drinking. That's like, that's all you want. So allow it. And I say like daily indulgences, something that you want to have, it almost makes it like less tempting. Cause I'm like, I wine every day. It's not like before I'd be like, it's my drinking night. And then you have like a bottle of wine and then, you know, it's like you go overboard because it's off limits. But if you make everything you know, allowed, it's not, it's just, it's not as tempting anymore. When people are like, oh, I am, I'm on this diet. I'm not going to have any carbs for the next 30 days or however long that's just not sustainable, right? You can't go out to dinner somewhere and cut out carbs altogether. You can't go to a get together and, you know, just not eat or drink because nothing's on your diet. You have to do something that's going to be realistic and set yourself up for success. So I think everything in moderation is good. You know, I try, I try earlier on in the week, you know, like Mondays, I'm like on the wagon and I'm trying to be good eating healthy, probably Mm -hmm. don't go out Monday and Tuesday. And then I kind of start falling off the wagon (laughs) as the weekend approaches and I sneak in a pizza, I sneak in a glass of wine and then weekends off limits because Anthony and I like to eat. So, you know, balance. And it's, it's balanced and it's fine. It's not a piece of pizza, like shit. I may as well eat the whole pizza and start over on Monday. Like that's what I used to do. Like I broke it. I ruined it. It's just like, you have a piece of pizza. Like don't have pizza. If you have it for lunch, don't have it for dinner. Have some drinks at happy hour. Then don't drink at dinner. It's like, I just make allowances throughout the day so that I can have what I need to have. And you kind of balance it out. And that's how I like, I gravitate to other women that like lived life the same way. They're not like on the extremes. Cause I've been on the extremes and I wasn't happy. And never found my physical ideal. So it was like, I wrote a book called squats and margaritas to be like, if you just allow things and they're not as enticing. And did you ever struggle with like any 
eating disorder. I think we all have body dysmorphia. Like, you know, you look at yourself and you're like, Oh my God, this wrinkle of skin or this wrinkle. Yes. Um, but I, I thankfully have never progressed to the extreme forms of having, you know, an eating disorder, yeah. but it's incredibly common and incredibly challenging. And so like some people don't talk about it and I didn't obviously talk about it when it was happening, but it's like, I decided to share my story now. And it's like eating disorder people like professionals will come for me and be like, you are making it about a physical ideal saying you're happy in your best body. But like, admittedly, Nicole, I feel better when I'm in my best physical body. And if that means I have an eating disorder, like that's, that's a hard sell for me. Like, I don't understand how trying to motivate women to get in their best body would be like a disordered way of thinking because for so long when I wasn't happy in my body, it spilled over into every relationship. Like I'd be short with my husband. I'd be short with my kids because this looming thing of extra weight that I couldn't lose was on me. And once that was gone, it's like, I'm a better mom, a better friend. And they say that it's about a physical ideal and that's wrong. And I'm just like, I have a hard time with that. <laughs> like I feel better in my best body. Yeah. And so much of it's too, just being healthy, right? I think in living in moderation is healthier overall than binging one way or the other, restricting yourself too much, not eating enough calories, not having a balanced diet is not healthy. And you know, the other extreme of excess isn't healthy either. So no. it's, I think finding a balance is good for you in numerous ways, you know, mentally and physically. Do you do intermittent fasting? I do more so because of my work schedule. So I, you know, so at five in the morning, I'm just not hungry. Yeah. (laughs) So I I try to kind of like, once I get my cases started and the day kind of gets started at around 10 AM, I finally have like a moment to breathe. I usually like sit down and, but I'm not like on the clock, like, okay, it's, I have six minutes left, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to eat or drink anything. It kind of just ends up happening that way that I don't eat late at night because I have horrible reflux. And then in the morning, my start is just hectic. So yeah, I would say I usually have dinner around seven 38 and then my first meal is 10 AM. Okay. Can you talk me through like the benefits of it? Like it's better for your digestion to like, give it a break. For me, it's actually wonderful because like, I feel like when I eat a big meal at night and then I try to go to sleep right after, or I eat late, I just don't sleep well. You know, your body's busy digesting. I have, I have horrible reflux and heartburn. So you lay down and you've got all of this stuff and I just toss and turn. So for me, if I can eat, you know, three hours, two hours before I go to sleep, I just sleep so much better. Okay. And it helps to stabilize your glucose levels. I feel better when, when I don't eat so late. I just taught my body to like, honor my hunger cues and like eat because I starved myself for so long that it's like hard for me in the morning. If I'm hungry to be like, it's not time to eat yet, but that's with like my eating disorder past. But how, like much of, how much also do you think, do we like my coworker and I, we always talk about this, like how much of hunger do you think is also like habit, you know, or like you, you look at the time and you're like, Oh, I should be having breakfast today. Or you haven't had anything to drink. So you're dehydrated. Like I don't know. Sometimes I I really wonder because when you're busy, you're not hungry. Exactly. You forget to eat. And I'm like, how do you forget to eat? Like, it's just not, there's other things on your mind. Right. So I'm always like, hunger is such a complicated thing, right? Because I think it's like, there's physical cues, but I think a lot of it's also psychological, which I think comes with the whole eating disorder thing, you know, like the different aspects of eating. So I think hunger is complicated. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Guys, we're moms. We're not out on the town every night anymore. We're chasing our toddlers through our kitchen. 
But there are those times where you want just that little extra something. Maybe it's a girl's night, a wedding, a date night, a work event. If you're looking for that little extra confidence boost, you need Rejuvalift. Rejuvalift delivers dramatic results to minimize the look of lines, wrinkles, crow's feet, those 11 lines that I have between my eyebrows. I use it on the bags under my eyes. Guys, it works in four minutes and delivers results up to seven hours. I've tried it. I'm obsessed. And now Squats and Margaritas listeners can get 20% off at rejuvaliftbeauty.com using code margaritas. That's R-E-J-U-V-A liftbeauty.com and use promo code margaritas. You need this in your life. Shipping is free. You get 20% off. Go to rejuvaliftbeauty.com. Now back to squats and margaritas. What I would do, like the physical cues to eat. I was always, I feel like women were taught the wrong thing for so long. It's calories in versus calories out. Restrict, do your cardio and make sure you work out more than you put in. So I would like eat breakfast and then go to a workout and I'd be hungry, but I'd be like, no, I just ate breakfast. I can't. It was all these rules. Like you can't have another breakfast or I would just wait to a meal time. I was always saving calories for like <laughs> later because at the end it would be less calories for the day. And it was like, I've learned now that my body shut off. Like my metabolism was like, you're not fueling enough to work out. We don't know if you're going to throw this up. We don't know if mm-hmm. you're going to work out twice because sometimes I did that. And my body was just like, what the hell? So now it's like, I just honor my hunger cues and I eat, I feel like I eat all day long but not a ton like a grazing pattern throughout the day, but it's, I don't want to say bad stuff. It's good. It's, it's like foods that I want to eat. And I feel like because it's actual food, not like high protein, low carb bullshit that I used to eat. It's like my brain is satisfied. And it's like, I don't even need that much. Like I have a cookie or something every morning with my coffee but an actual cook, like a real cookie. Yeah. Like a, not one of these like protein bar things. Yes. Not a, I would eat, I would rationalize when I had those low carb, high protein cookies, I would eat the whole pack. Cause I'm like, well, they're, they're low fat or they're low carb. And you keep eating them because you're not satisfied because it's gross. But when you eat real food, I don't even, sometimes I eat like half a cookie and I'm like, that's all I need. Like your brain is satisfied. So it's like, I can order what I want now. I'm not eating like bland salads, which I would eat the entire thing because it was fat free. Now I just order what I want and I check in and my life is happier. My body trusts me and kind of has just stayed where it is. And I was like, I wrote a book to be like, if you're working out doing cardio seven days a week and only eating salads, like there's a different way. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, I feel like that was just like the way we thought I don't know, five years ago, because I feel like I was the same way. Right. I was like, Oh my God, rice. I can't eat rice ever car. That was like the worst thing you could put into your body was a bowl of rice. Yes. And it was like, it's impossible to like build lean, healthy muscle mass without carbohydrates. So now like yesterday, for example, I had a good workout. I came home, I made pork chops in the air fryer and I had a little bit of rice and black beans, not a whole pile of it. But, you know, a decent sized portion and I felt satisfied. I went to sleep happy. I I knew I fueled my muscles. I feel like lifting and is still kind of, I always just thought like the men were in the weight room and the women were on the elliptical. (laughs) You're just on the elliptical, like almost like I, I had talked to Kim Kardashian's trainer. Like she was like, it's like women think 
when you sweat, it's like the, the fat is just melting yeah. off you. So like, you just need to sweat. And she's like, you are wasting so much time on cardio. She's like, it is lifting. And women think, no, I don't want to get bulky. And I would stick to like super low weights. Cause I was like, no, I just want to tone. I don't want to bulk <laughs> I have a muscle now because I started lifting heavier and women think that they're, they're picture that big bulky lady. We're naturally, we just don't have the testosterone to put on massive amounts of muscle. Yes. Regardless of how much, of how heavy you lift, unless you're taking supplements. Yes. It is what it is. Lifting changed everything for me. And I don't like, good. I'm so glad that you say that you lift. I, I mean, cardio, I do, I run, but it's more like mental, like, so I can like listen to my playlist and not wheels on the bus and like have a second. And like you said, come back to your kid and just be like, not for weight loss. Or like 10 minutes before your workout session or kind of like in between, you know, you just did a set of arms. I'm going to do some mountain climbers and burpees to keep my heart rate up, you know, like little spurts of it, not an hour of cardio on a machine. And And people don't realize either that the more muscle you put on the higher your basal metabolic rate. So it's actually better for you to build muscle than to burn muscle because then you burn more fat throughout the day. Yes. Like this weird, and you, and you burn more fat when you're not working out. You're resting. right, like you're just hanging out, and your muscles eating the fat. So eat some rice, <laughs> eat the rice, eat yes. the oatmeal in moderation. And and because oatmeal is not off limits, you eat it in moderation. When yeah. you're like, no, I can't have oatmeal. Oh, I have I love bite. overnight oats. That's like my yes. go-to, like two to three times a week. I make a bunch, I put it in little containers, and I take it to work. Nicole eats carbs. I eat carbs, guys. <laughs> it's so just like you have to almost retrain your brain of like, it was low fat. I'm 40. I don't know if we're like near the same we're age. close. You grew up, like everything was just low fat, low carb. Then it went crazy. It was like Atkins, keto, like high fat. And it's like, it just keeps changing. If you just eat what you want, eat in moderation, you yeah. won't need that much of it and put muscle on your body and kind of stop stressing out. Like I used to be like, if we were going on vacation, like I does the hotel have a gym. Oh no, I have a rule. No exercising on vacation. That would make me crazy before. <laughs> like I would be like, I wouldn't even be able, cause I was so obsessed and I weighed 20 pounds more. That's what I'm trying to say. Like all that cortisol that your body is producing because you're so like, I had to look at menus before I went to restaurants and it was like, I'm not bulimic. I'm not sick anymore, but I was just living in anxiety. It creates anxiety. Yes. And I couldn't lose like a pound. I couldn't lose a pound. And now it's like, I eat what I want. I don't need a ton. And I lift and it's like the complete opposite life that I used to live. I'm happy and I weigh less. And I I hear I made it about weight loss, but I'm just so happened to say, if you're looking for weight loss and you just do cardio and you only eat salads and your body has shut off because it doesn't trust you, like, please listen to this conversation. Nicole lifts, she eats rice. (laughs) I lived the wrong way for so long. Everything's okay. Just do it in moderation. It doesn't have to be so stringent. If you're stressing yourself out about it, it's probably not good for you, whether you think it is or not. And I have recently been on a sober, curious journey. I don't want to be so, I I don't know. I thought I did, but then it's like the hard limit. Zero alcohol. It makes you want it more. I feel like the hard limit of sober is like how I used to live. And I don't want that. Like for me, I don't think that I want to be sober, but I read this book and I interviewed the author. It's called This Naked Mind. And it's about like what alcohol actually is and what it does to you. And I remember I'm like, this is going to kill my brand. I'm squashing margaritas, (laughs) but like I read it and Nicole, like I am so much more like aware of my drinking, like pouring a third glass or something. Like it just gave me awareness 
I don't want to give up wine with dinner or an IPA with tacos. Like, yeah, I like beer and a pizza. It just works. But like, I will go further than say it just works. And that's why I don't know if I'm addicted to moderate drinking. Like I will not enjoy a pizza or wings if I don't have a beer. And she was like, well, maybe you want to look at that. Substitute in a Coke if a beer is not available. But no, I do think there's like a social aspect of it, you know, and I do think like a glass of wine with a nice meal, I think it complements and it's like part of the experience. So I don't know that I'm going to join you on your sober journey. But the thing is, I'm getting, I'm getting dragged for that now. Like people are like, if you're not going to be sober, stop telling other people not to be sober. And I was like, I'm not telling other people not to be sober. I'm actually saying that I drink less and I feel great, but I want to have, like, if I'm in Napa, I want to have a glass of wine. If I like, if I have chicken wings, I want an IPA. Like I don't, it's not binge drinking and I'm more aware of it. And I'm just sharing where I'm at. I need to get back to, I think the pandemic I made a huge left turn away from balance. And I think a lot of us did. I think a lot of people did, you know, it was a very strange time. We were home. There wasn't much going on. You were kind of just like sitting around eating and drinking. I think a lot of people kind of went down that rabbit hole. And then you just went bounce back. Like I still am like drinking every day. And I was like, cause that's what I started doing. And like, I didn't really, I wasn't home. I was working. (laughs) (laughs) You're an essential worker. (laughs) I was in the hospital. So I don't really know what you're talking, but I can imagine. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Well, you got spared. I was thinking, well, thank you for working during the pandemic. (laughs) But I think a lot of women, like that's when we started drinking every day. And like, I would find myself drinking earlier and earlier. And it's like, if you're examining it, there's so much like alcohol is such a hold on you and you should be sober. And I'm like, if I really thought I had a problem, I probably want to be this open about it. Like I would be right. hiding it. Like I just, I don't know. I want to be more cognizant of my drinking. I don't want to be sober. Um, and I want to get back to moderation, which I stand behind. I just got away from moderation for, for a year or so. <laughs> now I'm trying honestly, to like rein it in. I feel like without having read the book, I have kind of transitioned on the weekends to less drinking too, just because I've noticed, and maybe it's because I'm getting older and my liver's slowing down and it's not doing as great of a job as it was doing when I was in college. Yeah. I don't feel like three glasses of wine hits my body. Like it used to, like if I have three glasses of wine at dinner and I lay down and to go to sleep, I just, I toss and turn and I can feel my heart in my chest. Like pounding. I'm dehydrated. I wake up in the middle of the night. I chug a glass of water. I I pee. Like it's just, it doesn't sit the way it used to sit. Someone told me alcohol served me in my twenties. It no longer serves me anymore. It did the thing. It was so fun. But like now that I'm in my forties, it doesn't serve me anymore. It makes me feel tight. And I was like, that's that feeling of like waking up with not (sighs) having drank the night before, like nothing beats that. Nothing beats that. That kind of like borderline headache in the morning when you don't want to get up and the sun bothers your eyes. Like that sucks. I know. And with a kid that's like, mommy, mommy, and you have a little headache, it's just, it's not, it's not, not, it doesn't work for me anymore. So I I do find myself like (laughs) saying no to the after dinner drink or the third glass of wine. Whereas before, yeah, get the other bottle. Same. It's not off limits. I'm not sober, but like, yes. Or like it's nighttime. Like my family's visiting and they're like, it's like 10 o'clock and they're like opening a bottle of wine. I'm like, what is the point of this? We're going to bed. Like I'm out. Like I drank. I'm out. (laughs) I'm not doing this to myself in the morning. So I do think that like, just because of life, I've become more conscious of the amount of alcohol I consume and how I feel the next day. Yes. When I was younger, I didn't care. I want to talk about like the scene with your dad. I have a similar relationship with my dad right now and, but I cannot 
it sounds, I can't be mean to him. Like, I don't want to hurt him. I don't know. It's like, I can't yell at him or be direct with him. I have three younger sisters and they're all like, you're an asshole. Stop drinking all this. I can't hurt him. And I know that if I would be able to be very direct watching you deal with that, like it hit for me because I have the same exact relationship. Have you repaired it? He came to Grayson's birthday party and we've actually, um, so I had a lot of conversations with Anthony and my mom about this and you know, they made me see things because I was so quick to be like, it's my dad's fault. It's his fault. He did this. He made these choices. Like I was always putting it on him and they kind of pointed out some things that I do that might contribute to our dysfunctional relationship. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit of a ball buster, a little OCD, you know, like particular with my things. And so I tend to project that those high expectations on people. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well maybe I'm a little bit to blame for this. So I actually started going to therapy for myself to help with that. And then my dad and I started going to therapy. Wow. Yeah. And, um, we're in a much better place. You know, he pointed out some things that happened as I was growing up from his perspective that I had never seen or thought of. And it really changed my perspective on how he acts and, you know, the things that he did. Um, So sometimes it's just that perspective shift. Like, why is this person coming from where they're coming from? Yeah. That really made me more tolerant, I guess. Wow. So now we're actually better, much better. I feel like you were supposed to tell me that. Like, that's really, like, I don't even, it's hard for me to have a conversation with him, but like, maybe like a third party, like, yeah, more open to opening up because I don't want to lose the relationship. To hear things from his perspective and all the times that I thought he was kind of choosing someone else or it was, it was an odd way of him trying, I guess, to protect me from himself. It was, it was really, um, that actually makes sense. It was a really interesting experience. And, um, I think we're in a much better place. You know, he actually called me, uh, yesterday I was working and he was like, Oh, do you want to grab lunch? And I was like, Oh, I'm working. I won't be out till like five, but it was really nice for him to be able to call and be like, Oh, do you want to grab lunch? Like we haven't been in that place in years. So it was nice. You'd be surprised because I heard some things and I was like, whoa, just like about his childhood. Like, I don't know anything. Right. And you have no idea, like the demons and the things that they've dealt with in the past that they still haven't resolved that are now, you know, coming through in adulthood or as a parent. So it's, it's interesting. I listen, I think we can all benefit from therapy. Last thing I want to talk to you about, I still have a problem with trolls and negativity on social media. And I'm obviously not any kind of platform like you have. How have you, well, do you get, first of all, do you get it? Cause I feel like yes. everyone messaged me and was like, absolutely love her, but how do you handle it? Do you call it out? Do you pretend like you don't see it? Do you block and restrict? Like, what do you do? Um, yeah, definitely. There's trolls. You know, I, I mean, I've been trolled for everything from, um, the engagement being like a publicity stunt to, you know, the child out of wedlock nonsense, all sorts of things. And honestly, I just. I don't engage. I don't, I am, I'm quick to block anything that doesn't bring me peace and happiness. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Delete block. I just don't want you in my life. How like you block get your out responding back. Like I all block. Yeah. Like I want to say something first. Oh no. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I can't. 
you know what? It's just, it takes so much energy for you to engage and respond. And at the end of the day, listen, that person's not going to change their mind, right? They went out of their way to send you a nasty message. Whatever you say, isn't going to change their mind. So like, why even bother? I just, I'm like, oh, I roll my eyes to myself. I delete and I block. And you never think about it again. Like it doesn't hit. I got to get there. I'm just like, okay, you know, like it is what it is. Can't please everybody. I know, but I try to. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. I meant this. And I'm like, why am I like justifying what I said to some random? Are you a like, Twitter? Do you a Twitter? No. Is that a word? Okay. So I'm not, I don't use Twitter often either. But when the show first came on, everyone's like, oh, you know, you should get a Twitter account and start tweeting and stuff. So I started going down the Twitter rabbit hole. That is a very dark. <laughs> dark place. And I had to peel away from Twitter. So I still have my account. I don't go on there often because people on there are really nasty. Nasty. Like, I don't want to read it. Like, I just don't want to ruin my day or get in my feelings about something. So for me, it's just easier to disengage. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm working on it, but are you a responder? Yeah. I have to like defend my honor. (laughs) Like, no, no. that's not what I was saying at all. Then it's like, I'm like working on this response to somebody I think like I built a brand and if people come for my brand or something that I built and it's like, you should be sober or stop talking about drinking or I'll give like a workout. And it's like, you're not a, um, you're not a trainer. If I talk about my eating disorder past, I'm not an eating disorder therapist. And I'm like, can we just like, I always, I, it's, I guess, imposter syndrome. So I feel like I have yeah. to defend because people are like, you don't have letters next to your name. <laughs> I don't know. And that's my own self it's a mind noise. <laughs> I, yeah, it totally, it is because honestly, I feel, I feel like the trolls are like forest fires, far, like, you know, the more attention you give to it and the more wind you blow at it, like the bigger it grows. And so it's just, it's don't even bother, put your energy toward all the positive comments yeah. and toward the people, you know, there's only enough hours in the day. Like, I'm sure you have so many people you need to respond to and like spend your time responding to the people that actually like support you. Yes. That's how I see it. That's how I should see it. We don't know if there's a season two. Stay tuned. <laughs> We're the last to know, by the way, about anything. Really? I'm the last to know about anything. <laughs> I am very hopeful and optimistic that we will be coming back for another season. I am also optimistic about that. Um, and then wedding planning or not even, that's just kind of enjoy engagement. We are <laughs> thoroughly enjoying our engagement. We had a big engagement party. Um, yeah. You know, we recently moved from that beautiful house. <laughs> and we are in the process of relocating to a new house. Ooh. So we have a lot going on. You know, Grayson just started school. We're house shopping for a new house. We're Ooh. building a second home in Colorado. Children's <laughs> book. <laughs> Trying to write a, chil- a children's book. My manuscript is like half written. Oh um, so I feel like we've got a lot of stuff going on. And honestly, like wedding's a lot of work. And then it's over and you put all of it into it. And it's like one day. And then you're just like, huh? I, know. I mean, you can look at the pictures or watch the video, but we're going to a destination wedding in Italy. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Notes, just, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, let me see what this vibe is all about. Yeah. Cause I like the idea of a destination wedding. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh. Smaller, more intimate quality over quantity of guests. Yeah. And just like have all your favorite people like at a resort with you for a few days. Like that's right. Instead of four hours having hundreds of people, you get the best for four days. So I kind of want to see what that feels like. And then maybe, maybe next year we'll do something. And where can people find you on social? 
don't check me on Twitter. Don't, don't talk shit to her on Twitter. <laughs> don't talk shit on Twitter, please. Uh, Instagram's the best way. And it's Dr. Nicole Martin. Okay. Thank you so much for doing this. You're my favorite. Uh, thank and you. I really hope I get to see more of you on the show or just stay in touch with me on Instagram. Twitter. Light rice. Ignore the trolls and eat the rice. <laughs> Ignore the trolls and eat the rice. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.